Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season 2, episode 17, The Mephisto Ring. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams. Teleplay by Marilyn Anderson and Billy Ribbuck. Story by Peter Largo. Directed by Bruce Pittman. Original air date, April 10th, 1989. So we're back with season 2, episode 17, The Mephisto Ring. And it's weird that they call it this because I don't think they ever said that ever once in the episode. Right, they did. So back in 1982, a guy with a system is watching a car race on TV while telling his bookie that he better have the money to pay him when he wins and then he's shot in the head. So we come back to the present where Donald Wren is watching a race and he's apparently losing and he kicks the television in. His mother comes in and knows that he's been betting when she sees the smashed TV. He leaves to make another bet because he's sure that no one can lose this much forever. (laughs) (laughs) So before he leaves, someone comes to the door of their store and Don tells his mother to get rid of him. He gives her the line, do you want them to do to me like they did to Pop? So we can assume the guy at the beginning was his father, William. (laughs) So the guy comes in as Donald hides. He punches his mother in the face and knocks her out, but Don continues to hide. So I don't feel sorry for this guy at all. That was like so shocking to me that he comes in and just punches her in the face. I was like, what is going on? So this guy's name is Angelo. Angelo finds Don hiding behind the counter and breaks his thumb when he says he couldn't get the money. Angelo searches Don's mother's room and takes a World Series ring out of a locked box she had. But when he puts it on, the green sparks or lasers come out of it and toss him around the room until he dies. So this is how everybody died. Is there some purpose to the tossing around the room that I'm missing? No. It went on for so long. All right, it's throwing sparks. Why can't it just, you know, burn the guy to death? Right. So I thought there was maybe some significance to the tossing around the room for so long that I just wasn't seeing or that I wasn't thinking of. No, weren't you there? I didn't understand that either. Okay. Because I thought the tossing around the room had something to do with the World Series, the white socks and all that stuff. But I can't come up with a reason for it. (laughs) It just went on for too long. Right, yeah. Yeah, all right. So like he said, he dies. Don takes the ring off of him. And when he looks at it, he can see the winner of a horse race. Over at the store, Mickey's on the phone with the police property room looking for a World Series ring. Again, I'm going to say, well, how come they could just randomly call the police and ask for things in their evidence room? Right. So the ring is from the 1919 World Series. It was designed for the White Sox, who were expected to win. They were the heavy favorite to win, except that some players participated in a scheme to throw the World Series. So I remember watching a movie about this, and it was a long time ago. It was Eight Men Out was the name of it. It was a really good movie, because I'm not really into baseball, but it was a really good movie. I don't remember they were trying to throw the series. Mm -hmm. I thought they were just trying to throw a few games, because they were expected to like win all the games. Mm-hmm. And I could be 100% wrong because my memory isn't what it used to be. But I thought they were just trying to throw a couple of games and still win the series. So I thought that's what it was, but I could be 100% wrong. I didn't really look it up. But anyway, they participated in the scheme. Some of them did. All of them, even the people who didn't participate but knew about the scheme, were never allowed to play professional baseball. So the ring was Lewis's first sale and was sold to Luke Spicer, who's dead. That ring is the first thing Lewis listed. The first antique he sold. Let's review what we already know. That ring was designed for the Chicago White Sox because they were a shoe-in to win the World Series in 1919. Right, right. 
And then they threw it over for a gambling syndicate. Sold to Luke Spicer. The late Luke Spicer. Where do we go from here? What about gambling? We've chased down cursed objects before that had an association with a past evil. Right. Lewis might just have made that association stronger. So Mickey thinks gambling might have something to do with the curse. So Mickey and Ryan are kind of learning about how these curses work, which I think is the first time they came up with an idea on their own. Right, yeah. You know, like, they made this ring ahead of time because they thought this baseball team was going to win, and then obviously they didn't. It had to do with gambling, so Mickey kind of comes up with the thought that gambling might have something to do with the curse, although they don't know what it is. So back at the house, Don tells his mother that everything will be fine, and after he leaves, she notices the box on the floor and the ring gone. And she seems to know, obviously she was hiding it, so she seems to know there was some kind of issue with the ring. So the bookies are meeting at some place called Liberty, and one of them reports to Mr. Macklin that Angelo, who was working on Don's case, is missing. And they just heard that Don won $5,000 in a horse race, I think, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So Macklin believes that Angelo cut a deal with Don. So he sends one guy to find Angelo and the other to take care of Don. Just as Mickey and Ryan are at their wits end going through gambling information, Mrs. Wren comes into the store with the flyer she received a year before about the ring. She's had it hidden in a box for six years, and she's just discovered it missing. She wants them to help her get it back. So, does it seem like Ryan is yelling at her a lot? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when she first walked in the store, he wasn't nice at all. She said something about it, the flyer, and he just yells at her, like, you bought something from the store? Then later, he asks her very loudly why she waited so long to bring it to him. Right, yeah. He just seemed really obnoxious with her at first. But yeah, no, it was. It yeah. was. He was a little loud yeah. for no reason. Right, yeah, that's what I thought, too. You know, he asked her why they didn't bring it to him, and she was afraid of what they would use it for. Because she doesn't know them, and she didn't know she could trust them. Right. Which makes sense. You know, they're not sending flyers saying, this antique is cursed. (laughs) They're they're pretending they want to buy back some of their inventory. So they know that she knows what it does. And Ryan asks her to explain. She tells them that it gave her husband the power to gamble and win, but it turned him into a murderer. I couldn't go to the police. I thought you might know how to stop it. Just tell us what's happening. Tell us how it works. It gives and it takes. My husband was a weak man. The ring gave him the power to gamble and to win, but it turned him into a murderer. What happened to him? He was shot. Police thought it was a bookie named Anthony Macklin, but they couldn't prove it. Now my son owes Macklin money. If Macklin has that ring... You may use it on your son. (laughs) She says he was killed, as we saw. He owed Macklin money, and now her son owes Macklin money, like following in his father's footsteps. Right. She thinks that Macklin may have the ring, since she knew the guy who came to collect worked for Macklin. And, of course, she was knocked out through the whole rest of it. But she worried that this guy, or Macklin, would use the ring on Don. Right. So then they ask her to explain how it works, but we don't see any explanation. Later on, it seems like she didn't explain, because they have to ask again. I don't know. They made us believe that, you know, when they just fade away and go to the next scene, that they're getting the explanation, we're just not hearing it. Right. But then later on, it still seems like they don't know exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Don's out spending money in a bar. He goes to pay his bar tab, but another of Macklin's men threatens him. He only has $2,000 of the 5000 they heard he won because he bought his mother a new TV. He says he'll have the 40000 he owes the next day. So this guy takes Don out of the bar and drives him to his mother's store, I guess to get the TV or maybe to search the house to see where the rest of the money was. Don offers the ring as collateral so the guy doesn't come in the store with him. 
He says he can get five or 6000 for it if he doesn't come back. So the guy agrees and lets Don go in himself. Don starts to go into his mother's store, but stops to see if the guy puts the ring on. He does, and the same thing happens to him that happened to Angelo. And again, it's a way too long scene of this guy being thrown around inside the car while Don laughs. This scene went on forever. Yeah, they're killing time. So much killing time in this episode. So Don's mother's watching from a window, and she sees Don go back to the car to get the ring. So he looks at the stone on the ring and sees a hockey game that apparently he'll be betting on next. He drags the body off and drops it in a manhole. Right. So the next day, he's showing his mother the TV and the necklace he bought her. He bet on the hockey game and won. He says he's even paid off Macklin. Now that he's paid him off, he can now use the money to keep winning and break Macklin. But his mother tells him that she saw what he did the night before. He really doesn't seem to care. Nope. He says he's on a roll and he'll never stop and he leaves the house. So Mickey and Ryan read news articles about Macklin and Ryan shows Mickey one about Don betting $20 and winning 5000 So now they're convinced that Don's the one with the ring and not Macklin. So Don again is paying off his bar tab that he never got to finish paying off the first time he tried. And he tells some guy named Benny that he paid off Macklin and he'll own him someday. So Benny follows him out and asks him for a tip, but Don refuses. Benny walks away and says that maybe he'll tell Macklin what Don has been saying about him. Don then decides to show him the ring. He says it's a good luck charm. Benny tries on the ring and dies. Mm -hmm. So the ring now shows Don a baseball game. Mickey and Ryan go to see Don's mother. She goes with them to look for him. They find him watching the game in the same bar. His mother tries to talk to him about gambling. She tells him that she wants the ring back. His father died because of it. It's evil. He says that after tonight, he'll never use it again, and she believes him. I mean, seriously, if you have a husband who is a gambler, and you have a son who's a gambler, how do you not know at this point in your life not to believe anything they say? Thank you. I was thinking the same thing. I'm going, he said he was going to quit before, and he never quit. Right. Your husband said the exact same thing and died. Why would you believe him when you know your son is a compulsive liar? Right. And a gambler. Right. She's very confusing. I mean, I understand she wants to believe her son, but still, she lived with a gambler. She was married to a gambler. I mean, I would have faked it and said, yeah, oh, sure, kid, I believe you. But no, downright, I right. don't believe you. Right. So she tells Mickey and Ryan that he's bringing it home and promised not to use it again, which I'm <laughs> sure they don't believe either. Mm-hmm. So Ryan puts Mrs. Wren in a cab while Mickey tries to pick up Don. The bartender calls Macklin about Don and the fact that he's probably had something to do with the bodies of the men that were found that day. He's supposed to keep Don there. Don goes over and offers to buy Mickey a drink, and Mickey wants to go someplace quiet, and they leave. The bartender reports back to Macklin. Mickey talks him into going to his place. Ryan follows them. Don gets suspicious and takes off, so Ryan can't follow. Now... If you're a passenger, you could see in the rearview mirror, right? Yep. So why does she have to take out her, her compact and make it so obvious that she's looking behind them? You got the, you got, <laughs> oh, you got your side mirror. You just, 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 I mean, good Lord have mercy, really? Right. I mean, how obvious could you get? You know, she doesn't even angle it so it looks like she's looking at her face. <laughs> you could see in the rearview mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's even a side mirror? You can see what's behind you. Right. Because that's why they call it backseat drivers. Because you're seeing things at a different angle, a little bit closer, going, oh my God, that's right. why he beat passenger in the car. Right. Yeah. So Don, Don tries to get the ring on Mickey, but she bites him. She did bite him, right? I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I looked at it twice, and I really couldn't tell what the hell she did. Yeah, I can't remember what she did either. 
So, anyway, whatever she did, she got away. I think she bit him, but it kind of doesn't look... I don't know. I rewound it twice, and it didn't look like it, so I couldn't tell. Unless maybe she maybe she did something to his broken finger. I don't know. Maybe that's what she did. So, she gets away and watches one of Macklin's men drive up with a gun and, and take him. Ryan shows up, and they chase the car that left with Don. So, the guy brings Don to Macklin, and Macklin wants to know how he's winning all of a sudden. Don keeps telling him that he has a system. Macklin brings up the fact that his father all of a sudden found a system too. But Don won't tell him, so he cuts his finger off. You know, I don't like gambling episodes because any gambling episode, there's a lot of finger cutting off. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember Tattoo. Was there finger cutting in that one too? Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch that. I think you did. Tattoo was the tattoos that came to life. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you meant there was a movie named Tattoo. Oh, no, no, no. The episode, sorry. Yeah, the episode, because I think there was finger cutting off. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, yeah. Finger breaking in that one, too. Yeah. So Mickey and Ryan get the story from Mrs. Wren about how Don wants to bankrupt Macklin. Right. Because his father won big, and Macklin wouldn't pay him, and had him killed. So Mickey and Ryan go to find Macklin at his bar. Macklin tries to force Don to tell him who's going to win the fight he's watching. Don guesses that the one in the white will win. Mickey and Ryan see Mrs. Wren show up at the club. We knew that was coming. Macklin is still trying to persuade, air quotes, Don to give up his system when the guy in the white loses. His mother tells him to tell Macklin, but Don thinks that if he does, then Macklin will kill him, which is probably true. But Mm -hmm. Macklin threatens to kill his mother if he doesn't tell him. So at least he's worried about his mother at this point. Because when the guy punched her in the face, he didn't see, unless he didn't know it. I don't think he really knew what happened. You don't? Because she was hiding. Maybe that's true. So um, you don't hear your mother at a certain point, and you know she's there. Yeah, you hear a thud, and you right. don't hear your mother, right. So maybe, maybe that was the case. They drag Don out of the room while Macklin has a knife to his mother's throat. Mickey and Ryan are sneaking around the alley while they threaten to cut off another of Don's fingers. Mrs. Wren tells Macklin about the ring. So Don gives Macklin's guy the ring, and he puts it on. While Macklin continues to talk to his mother in the other room, Macklin doesn't believe the ring story. The guy wearing the ring is killed. Don takes the ring back. It shows him a boxing match. Macklin and his mother run into the room to find the guy dead. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Don tells Macklin about the fight. His mother tells Macklin to put the ring on and see for himself. So she's willing to kill people to save her son. Right. Which I get. I'm not saying anything about that but you know she's smart enough to figure out you know tell this guy to put the ring on she knows what it does and she's so she's willing to kill this guy which i would be too yeah so he takes the ring but he doesn't put it on 
Mickey and Ryan are still out in the alley. Ryan had knocked out the outside guard earlier. They see Macklin and one of his guys taking Don and his mother out of the building. Mickey can see that Macklin has the ring. So they bring him into the loud building where the fight is going on. Mickey and Ryan follow them in. Don picks the blonde guy to win, even though he looks like he's getting destroyed in the ring at this point. Mm -hmm. But Macklin takes a chance and puts money on him. And all of a sudden, the blonde guy gets the upper hand and wins the fight. Macklin takes Don into a back room. He wants Don to help him win more bets. Don's mother again tells him that he has to put on the ring. And finally, he does, and he dies, too. So Don goes to get the ring off Macklin, but his mother begs him just to let it go. Mickey and Ryan have to beat up another guy to get into the room. Well, actually, Mickey. (laughs) Ryan's getting pummeled, and Mickey's the one who knocks him out. (laughs) They need to get into the room where Don and his mother and Macklin are. So they burst into the room just as Don takes the ring off Macklin and his mother shoots him. So back at the store, we find out when she couldn't make her husband stop using the ring, she's the one who shot him, just like she shot Don. Mm-hmm. When she saw they would, they would never stop using the ring. Right. I tried to make my husband stop using the ring. So you shot him. I had no choice. Just like I had no choice. This may not mean much, but that ring will never hurt anyone again. Mrs. Wren, if there's anything we can do, are you going to tell the police? And they tell her they won't be telling the police. So the cursed antique from Friday the 13th Wiki was a 1919 World Series ring that predicts the outcome of sporting events like after killing someone who puts it on. And then we have repeat actors. Dennis Forrest, who played Donald. And this episode was also Stuart slash Harry in Brain Drain and Eddie in Cupid's Quiver. Doris Petrie played Mrs. Wren in this episode and played Dr. Price in Dr. Jack. I don't remember that character. Jack Duffy played Mr. Wren in this episode. And also Manny in Shadowboxer. I do remember that character. A.C. Peterson plays Lewis. Oh, you know what? See, I wrote down these actors before I watched it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lewis Hunt was... Okay, I wouldn't have recognized him. I think he was the last guy with the sunglasses of Macklin's to be killed. Yeah, that was one of the guards, right? Yes. familiar with the blonde here? Macklin had three guys, and two of them were dead. And this last guy, the last one that got killed in the storage room, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have recognized him. That was A.C. Peterson. He played Brother Drake in the Poison Pen. Oh, okay. You know the one who was following everybody that was so, so obvious that he was following people? Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, I wrote that down, and then I forgot he was in it, and I forgot to look for him. I'm just realizing now which one he was. So what did you think? I mean, it wasn't when I would go, ooh, you got to really watch this. No. Uh, it was too much, like I said, it was killing time, and them throwing around the room, like crossing around the room. It didn't make sense. Right, and I was sure that I just wasn't making a connection to why that was happening. But it was something to do with wrestling. Then I oh yeah, okay, I understand it. But it had nothing to do with sports at all. It was a World Series ring, so it had to do with baseball. Which right, still so baseball, did, you know, they tossed around like that. Right, it still didn't make any sense. I thought for sure there was a reason for it. But I think it was just, yeah, to kill time. Right, even at one point... You got hit with an imaginary bat upside your head? I would go with that. Something that came out of nowhere. But that tossing around the room, that was stupid. Yeah, so if anybody listening knows if there's a connection to why they were getting thrown around the room other than they just wanted to come up with a different way to die, I don't know. Let us know. (laughs) I couldn't make any connection. And maybe there isn't one. Maybe that's just how they decided to do it. 
Yeah. Like I said, I don't generally like gambling episodes of any kind because they're basically always the same thing. People are getting their fingers cut off. People are gambling, thinking they're going to win the next time and getting in more trouble. But I did appreciate the little twist at the end where it was Mrs. Wren who did the killing of her husband and her son. I don't have any more notes. I didn't see any warehouse connections at all. No, I'm good on this one. Okay. All right, so we'll see you next week for episode 18. All right, see you next week. All right, bye. Bye. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.